Welcome to Hello Health Today, where health is a leadership strategy. I'm Dr. Carmen Mohan, CEO and founder of Hello Health. In the next 15 minutes, I'm going to hash out why executive women who set such high standards of excellence for their work product set such low expectations for the experience they have being in their own skin. Honestly, ladies, it's like we're all running around with our tanks a quarter full, and even though we're passing by a gas station, we're not going to stop because we can keep going. We tend to treat ourselves like machines, and if we want to be proactive about health, we have to find a better way. Lately, I've been hearing some version of the following sentiment. I don't feel great, but I can push through. The woman who says this is dedicated, passionate, disciplined, and hardworking. You know, I want to say she's a lot like you and me. The woman who says this may be theoretically opposed to sacrificing her health for success at work, but in practice, this is exactly what she's doing. Now let me ask you this. Do you think of yourself as healthy? Chances are, if you haven't needed a doctor lately, you probably do. When you feel your energy flagging, is it healthy to take a break and rest? My guess is that you probably answered yes, like this is an obvious answer to you, and it should be to me as well. Do you, quote unquote, push through it when you feel like you have to? Probably so, because you have competing values, and some things are worth making this particular trade-off. But maybe the calculations we're using aren't assessing the trade-off correctly. We tend to trade off sleep, rest, and recovery. That is, we cut down sleep to as little as four hours a night, we don't rest at all, and as a result, we don't get a chance to feel restored because we don't allow the time to recover from the stressors of the day. So when we say we're pushing through it, what we're really doing is trading restorative energy for achievement of an urgent goal. I believe we don't realize the true costs of making this trade-off because we take health for granted. We are allowed to take health for granted because we don't have a framework for monitoring and analyzing health as an asset. First, let me say that having a health mindset is easier said than done. Because if I asked you, do you value your health? You'd say, absolutely. If I asked you, do you value your money? You'd say, sure. Now let me ask, do you track your leading health indicators? Maybe you'd say, I listened to episode three and I downloaded those health journal pages and I started tracking. Or maybe not. Well, do you track your money? I bet in some way, shape, or form you do, because money is an asset. We want more money because we want financial freedom. Many of us understand what it's like not to have vast amounts of money. We understand the risk of losing money. This is particularly true if we are independent, single ladies responsible for our own financial health. Here's the thing. Health is an asset, too. If you've ever had a serious illness or had your health taken away for months or years at a time, you know this all too well. My hope is that we don't have to become ill or have a serious health scare in order to come to the realization that health is a valuable asset. I have never heard of an asset that wasn't regularly tracked and analyzed to protect it or even better, help it grow. To do this, we need a framework for thinking about the spectrum of health and illness. We need a framework that 
can help us develop the right mindset for health. Warning, developing a health mindset means you might actually rest when you feel unwell. You might take a sick day and stay home from work. You might never push through it again. While health is a deeply personal topic, to gain clarity on our personal situation, it is useful to review data that applies to all women and accept it as valid for us personally. A large body of evidence suggests there is a minimum healthy living requirement across six categories, and these are sleep, aerobic exercise, strength training, a good diet, movement, and good relationships. Let's get more specific. To be considered healthy, this is the minimum you must do. Number one, get seven hours of uninterrupted sleep nightly. Bonus points if you go to bed at the same time every evening and wake up at the same time every morning, whether it's the weekend or not. Number two, get enough aerobic exercise through walking, running, swimming, or cycling. The time required is about 150 minutes weekly, so you don't have to do it every day, but you do need to put in the total time broken up in some kind of way during the week. Number three, strength train for 20 minutes twice weekly. Again, not an everyday thing, but hardly anyone strength trains, and data suggests only one in four American women do this. Number four, eat a diet consisting of at least five pieces of fresh produce daily, is low in salt, sugar, and saturated fat, and in moderate quantities that do not exceed your daily caloric needs. Number five, move enough. Take at least 8,000 steps each day. And finally, number six, maintain good relationships with other people. Every woman who wants career stamina needs to achieve the minimum health standard. To achieve the minimum health standard, executive women need to be proactive about health. Doing so yields a sense of energy, confidence, and connection. In the Hello Health system, proactive health is the intentional use of a time rubric that meets health standards in all six categories. Let's get super practical about this. How much time is actually required to meet the standard? Well, let's look at just four categories with time requirements we can estimate based on the CDC guidelines. Eating, sleeping, strength training, and getting aerobic exercise. Since we don't have to strength train or exercise every single day in order to be healthy, let's focus on eating and sleeping. Healthy eating and sleeping must be something we engage in every 24 hours. If you do not engage in meal planning, grocery shopping, meal preparation, and cooking, the amount of time it takes in eating in a healthy way, where you are paying attention to the flavor and the texture of your food, understanding your body's cues as to when it feels satiated and enjoying your company, the minimum time requirement for healthy eating is about two hours a day. Now let's talk about healthy sleep. In my experience, executive women tend to believe that they function just fine on about six hours of sleep. On the other hand, they feel such high levels of urgency at work that they just don't have the time to sleep the way they'd like to. Regardless, the health standard for sleep remains a minimum of seven hours. We have good studies showing negative health consequences occur below the seven-hour standard. My patients will tell you that I have a lot more to say about the value of sleep in our lives, but for our purposes now, I'm going to leave it at this. Sleep is foundational to health. 
When you deprive yourself of sleep, you eat away at that foundation, no matter how well you do in terms of other healthy habits. So if you want to eat and sleep in a healthy way, the minimum health requirement is nine hours. On two days of the week, you need to strength train in a way that uses all seven major muscle groups. This takes at least 20 minutes on these days, not including getting into workout gear, going to a gym, or taking a shower afterward. So that means you'd be using body resistance exercise at home or in your hotel room to get the right amount in. Now we're up to about nine and a half hours on two days a week. Give me a little leeway on the math. With exercise, if we choose walking, 30 minutes to an hour is required on four days a week. So on any day, healthy living requires at least nine hours. On a day when we decide to meet all four requirements, it can take up to 13 hours minimum. Practically speaking, if you want to meet the minimum health standard, you'll have to limit your workday to between 10 and 15 hours. That includes the commute and any work or emailing you're doing at home after 9 p.m. If you tend to volunteer in the community for nonprofits and etc., you still need to rein in paid and unpaid productive time to 10 to 15 hours daily. Is this unreasonable? When your goal is the state of well-being I call health, your injury risk is low and you spend between 9 to 13 hours a day on health-related activities across four categories. Let's do a thought experiment. I love thought experiments. When considering health goals, very few people tell me that their goal is to be in a state called illness. In the Hello Health system, between the state of illness and the state of health, there's a state we call pre-illness. This is where many women find themselves without realizing it. In the state of pre-illness, injury risk accrues because we eat unintentionally and in an irregular way. We sleep if it's convenient, and if it's possible, which means that's often less than seven hours. We are unlikely to strength train, and our exercise habit varies. When we step back to look at it, we are not sure how much time we are spending in physical self-renewal required to protect a healthy body. If this message is resonating with you, take heart. There are a couple of things you can do right now to stop being pre-ill. First, start a health journal. If you haven't already, you can download health journal pages free of charge from our website at www.hellohealthtoday.com forward slash health journal. Start tracking. As soon as you start tracking, you've taken the first step toward treating health as an asset because relying on real data helps us be more intentional in real time about healthy living. Next, Decide now that you will catch yourself when you are in fact, quote unquote, pushing through it by shirking on sleep in particular. Sleep is the foundation of health. Once you start obtaining restorative sleep, you will begin raising the bar on how you expect to feel in your own skin. I hope you feel clear-minded, energetic, and full of purpose at work. If you haven't already, subscribe to our podcast so we can help remind you to treat your personal health as the asset it truly is. Until next time, rise on.
Hi, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. Because I am a medical doctor, it's important for me to tell you that nothing I say here in this podcast can substitute for your doctor's advice. My lawyers make me say the same thing this way. The contents of this podcast are neither intended nor implied to be relied on for medical diagnosis, care, or treatment concerning any individual. Under no circumstances does this podcast create a physician-patient relationship, nor does it constitute engagement in the practice of medicine or the provision of any healthcare service to an individual patient. This podcast should not be used as a substitute for professional diagnosis and treatment. Consult a, consult a healthcare provider before making any healthcare decisions or to obtain guidance about any medical conditions. The producers of this podcast expressly disclaimed responsibility and shall have no liability for any damages, loss, injury, or liability whatsoever suffered as a result of reliance on the information contained in this podcast.